0: Hey, welcome, excited to have you guys. So if you are anything like me, you have a dilemma when it comes to work. You realize that work is meaningful and you almost have this conscience kind of battle like how much work is enough? How much work is too little or too much? How do I know that I'm leaving all on the court, so to speak, but also have, uh, I don't know, enjoy life because... If you're like me, you don't think that work should be the only thing in life. You, you want to still, I mean, that doesn't mean you have to contribute less than somebody who works 100-hour weeks, but you just want to do it in an impactful way, in the right way, and figure out what that looks like. And you want to be there for family, friends, your church community even, if you have that. Whatever that looks like. You want to be there for those people and for your life. You want to enjoy it and um, you realize that as a human you're multifaceted and work is super important and you enjoy it and it's a good thing, but it's not everything. So where's that balance? If if that does describe you, then you're in for a treat today. We're going to talk about the state of work as it is today. How much you are probably doing in a day right now, how productive you are right now um what the potential for productivity is so how much you could be doing and then we're simply going to end with some application and to be honest the application might be up to you um i'm going to basically give you the framework and ability to take this and run with it where you want to go so um we'll we'll get there and we'll we'll look at that and i do ask that you just excuse the look right now um just coming to you guys in more of a chill way but i'm also uh stuck down here in my office right now so not able to change into fancy clothes for you but i don't know maybe we don't even need that maybe it's good just to be me to you and uh feel in the wing, you'll go out in a bag because i sing what i mean and i bring it to the mad life. ain't got time to kill i got time to feel i took a red pill i know life's short so i want to live real but supposed to feel all right welcome to the times best podcast where i help you buy back your time in your existing day and i teach you the principles for how to then use it effectively all oh, that extra time you go got back So before I get started, my free gift to you, don't want to forget about it because people have basically just been using this guide to get like two, three, four hours back in their day. And I don't even know how to monetize it yet. It's really not about monetizing it at this point. So that's how good of a free gift this is to you. Just enjoy it. It's timesmith.work forward slash guide. I think at some point I'll have a community or a coaching program or any of the above. I'm uh, kind of doing that. Uh, For free right now and I'm excited to work into a program that I can um, Charge for at some point. So I'm looking forward to that So if you have any ideas or if you want to be kind of my beta test and figuring this out um, I've had a lot of success so far with those I've been in my group and I'd love to have you in my group Either way just wanted to mention that free gift to you timesmith.work forward slash guide All right, so the state of things today, let's get started. So just a lot of research on this, uh, has been done this topic. Um, so I think it was, um, let me rescue time. They looked at 185 million hours, excuse me, of work time, people on their computers and found that the average person is on a productive doing something productive, or at least on an application that would be productive, um, like not just checking email, chat, social media, all that stuff. They're actually like on a productive app for two hours and 45 minutes a day. This was before COVID in 2019, so it's probably even less today, I would imagine, but two hours and 45 minutes of productive work a day should have asked before that what you would think it would be i mean is that a small number because to me it definitely is a small number but then when you hear it it's almost like not that shocking for some reason but here's the thing that i think is kind of crazy with this Uh, they also found that on average people checked their email or chat every six minutes on average they were distracted by it um, 35% of the population was distracted by email and chat every three minutes. So let me just give you like a really quick story of what this really looks like. The other night I went to gymnastics to watch my daughter, um, but she's really little, she t- they take turns. And so sometimes they're far away and different stuff. So I brought my book to read at the same time so I could watch her when I was able to, and read when I wasn't. In the hour I was there, I read three pages and they were like distracted pages. It was unenjoyable reading, even though I liked the book, because it was like, I would look up, read a little bit, my son would talk to me, read a little bit, forget where I was, wife would talk to me, I'd look up, I was t- constantly distracted, was what I'm trying to say. And so uh, what happened is I basically read three books, three pages when I could have read you know 30 or whatever in the hour pretty easily if I wasn't distracted. And it was like miserable trying to read that book um, and with all those distractions. So let's just like put this into context. And this is the war I'm fighting uh, on our culture is trying to help free us from this. Um, is that people on average are productive, like looking at things, doing real things in their day for two hours and 45 minutes and are distracted every three to six minutes during that time even. I mean, it's a no wonder that we don't like work. Like I didn't enjoy reading that book because it's just like miserable trying to read and being distracted the whole time. And I've talked about this on my TaskWatch episode, I think it was episode two, it's only 15 minutes and that one episode would save you like 15 or like half of your day if you, Um, go look at that and put into practice the things I say there, but distractions cost us so much. So, um, basically people don't work all that much in a day. I mean, you can say two hours and 45 minutes, but I mean, I think that that's a stretch. If, if you're distracted every three to six minutes, how productive really are you? Um, I started and I'll get into this at the end, but I started just doing one real task a day and not timing myself because I, I didn't want, I wanted to reward myself for being quick and efficient and innovative and smart about it. So if it, that one real task took me 15 minutes or even five minutes, then I was done. Or if it took me two and a half hours, I would stop then and be done. And when I really dived in undistracted to just one thing, I got more done than eight hours in a day for months and months previous of just distracted chaos. So all that to say, we are not very productive right now. And when you looked at this data from rescue time for 185 million hours, that they looked at 185 million hours of people's days, work days, like it's really interesting. You can look it up, but it's like really interesting to see the curve of time in productive applications. Um, because like it really goes down steep after three hours. Like there's not very many people who are productive in productive applications for four hours. There's even, there's way less that are in five hours and then at over five hours in a productive application a day. And it's like you are in like the 98th percentile is what it looks like from this graph. So people think that they're working eight hours, but And like, yes, I, I think that email and chat, like that's communication. That's part of our jobs. So, you know, there is some that that's actually legit, but I, I suggest you doing that all at one time. First thing, getting it all over with that's then that's productive, but then you move on and you're not distracted the rest of the time. So um, all I'm saying is like people right now, they don't work eight hours and, uh, even the most productive people only have them productive working actively on productive applications, four to five hours. You're really, really high in the high percentages if you're doing that much time. Um, So pretty much what's the state of things right now, we're really not very productive and I'm not saying that's good or bad, but I'm just trying to wake us up to this and maybe you already are productive and you're just trying to figure out what's the max or whatever, or, Maybe you kind of just needed me to tell you that. Like, it's okay that you're not super productive. That's normal. But, and I want to help you be more productive, not so that you can exhaust yourself and kill yourself and be like a robot of just put outputting things, because I see productivity as like stewarding all areas of our life really well and really effectively so that you really enjoy and are passionate about work, but also really enjoy and are passionate about other things. So we'll get to that in a second. So, anyways. I think that's important though. We're not very productive right now. And we kind of just need to wake up to that fact where we're at. So let's say that you put into process the power routine. Um, It's in that guide I mentioned earlier, and I've got some resources on it and kind of, I'm going through this. This is the W in power routine, actually the work uh, phase of power routine um, that I'm talking about today. So the W Uh, in power. Um, so let's say that you have taken, you've, uh, you're done with distractions. Like you've turned, you've muted all your notifications, except for emergencies. Like maybe somebody having your phone number to call if they really need you or urgent on your chat and you're keeping the three lists I recommend. Um, like, honestly, you, if you're anything like me or, um, you'll probably just like have so much free time, you don't even know what to do with it. And so now we're going to talk about how much actual work once you're done with, you know, emails and um, looking through your lists, maybe following up on your waiting list or preparing for your meetings for the day. Now you're in the work phase. How much maximum work do you need to do? Because this is important for like our conscience. For me, before God, I want to Be like basically like an athlete that like leaves it all on the floor, um, leaves it all uh, back at the match. Like I gave it my all, but like not killing myself and dreading going back again, if that makes sense. I think a good measure of like if you've worked too much and if you've killed yourself too much is that you don't look forward to going back again. Um, That means you went a little bit too hard. So there's one way to do it. That's my just advice to you, but let's look at some research. So um, this is from the 1950s, this research. Really interesting um, that it's still being cited today and relevant. So it was the Illinois Institute of Technology, I believe. They did a a study where they, um, and again, now we're on the topic of how much potential do we have in a week to work. How much should we be working, like really productive work? Um, So anyways, back to this research, they had scientists and they measured their productivity, like how much, somehow they had a measurement for what output, like productive output that these scientists had each week. And then they had different, like they had different scientists work, um, different groups of scientists work only a certain amount of hours each week. And then they measure how productive they are. So they had, uh, scientists, a group, group of scientists They had some scientists only work five hours a week. Some work 25 hours a week. Others work 35 hours a week and a fourth group work 60 hours a week. So I'll ask you, which do you think was the most productive group? If you guessed, uh, 60 hours, you are wrong, they were the least productive. If you guessed five hours, you're actually correct. Or if you guessed 25 hours, you're correct. The scientists that worked five hours a week and the scientists that worked 25 hours a week were both equally productive. The scientists that worked 35 hours a week were half as productive as the five hours or 25 hour groups. And the scientists that work 60 hours a week were, uh, were even less productive than all three of the other groups. So less than half of the five hours. Okay, so what does that tell us? Because I think in my experience, this is totally how it works. I worked like eight hours of chaos banging my head against the wall and got almost nothing real, tangible, measurable done And when I started putting these things into practice, I was getting more done in two hours than I could have in eight. Okay, so then being able to reinvest it in my company and different stuff, but had double the customers on way less time than I used to getting almost nothing done with my half of my customers on uh, eight hours a day. So what's the difference? I feel like if you are working 60 hours, let's just hypothesize these scientists, they were working 60 hours and getting way less done than their counterparts working five. Well, I bet those scientists that went in with, they just worked those five hours. They were prioritizing exactly what they needed to get done. Right? Like they had thought ahead of time, like I've got these five hours, like this is serious. I'm going to do, it's almost, I guess that's kind of like, uh, a game, like a uh, athlete, like they go play football or basketball or whatever for five hours or less and then they're done. But like, it's interesting And you can like go, go hard for a little bit. And then anyways, i am digressed, I've digressed, but those, when you like, when you constrain your time, you actually, and we'll talk about this with another thing of research. Um, but let me go into it now. Another piece of research. This was from 2021, so a lot more recent. Um, they found that they they researched a group um, of workers. I forget where it was in in Europe, um, but they had them. Basically, it was like a work life balance, and they had these um, they had these workers. Uh, it was a large group of them. They had them, they kept, had two control groups. One, they said like they allowed to concentrate on life, like things outside of just work, like recreation and hobbies and family and friends. And they said, don't let work interfere with those things. Like their work-life balance, how they measured it is like interference and stress created from you know, work interfering throughout your day, taking all of your energy and then interfering with your personal life and stuff like that. So they said, basically they said, sacrifice work for life. Like don't let work um, interfere and enjoy your life. They were more productive. They were, they had better work output, better creativity, all of that stuff. Then the other set of workers where they said work hard, like, and basically they let work kind of be more important and dominant than their life and recreation and hobbies and family. like the idea is one group sacrificed work for like their life and the other group did not. They like concentrated on work, doing the most they could with work and being like, the most productive, getting the most potential they could out of it. And the group that sacrificed work for life was more productive and way happier and way more creative and got way more done than the group that just worked, worked, worked. There's more research that shows that we have a max capacity a day for creative, creative output of four to five hours a day. And I feel like that's, I'm looking at my phone because I've been tracking this for myself. Um, So that's, that's research where it's like really famous people that are super successful looking at their daily routines, which I recommend you have a daily routine because it's just habits put together to make successful and get through the things you need to get to um but they just looked at their daily routine and saw like how much did this person like not distracted like just dedicated work time how much did they do and they let themselves off the hook like charles darwin or um oh who was the famous writer i just have famous writer here higgins uh anyways um he did you know five hours straight and then he was done a day what i if you don't believe me how much like productive work you can do a day i suggest downloading something like uh, timelines i don't know if this is going to be blurry or not um it's this free app and then you know they want you to pay if you do anything more than three things but like it can track exactly like i have it on my home screen here um like, it's telling me how much time I have, um, on purposely going easy, which I need to update that. Cause I'm not purposely going easy right now. I am high work energy, but measure yourself. The app is called timelines and you can download it, um, for free. And then just like measure yourself throughout the day. Like when are the times that you are like purposely going hard and then Just see how much time you have during the day of undistracted true work. Uh, it might be less than you think. So anyways, research shows that when you, so we've got these things, right? For maximum potential, like God, you made me, how much do you want me to work a day? Remember the the experiment scientists working only five hours a week got the most done. They were tied with the people with 25 hours. Um, the other research showing that people who sacrificed work for their lives actually had more work output or other research that shows just looking anecdotally, um, and potentially just maybe there's more research to it, but that four to five hours is our max creative capacity a day. And I'm like ambitious. I'm a like high achiever. I'm like, go, go, go sort of personality. And I've found this stuff to be true like we can't go for eight hours straight. That's not how we are designed or made. Um, in fact, the eight hour workday is from uh, the industrial revolution. It's from uh, Ford moving from like 10 hour workdays, six days or seven days a week or whatever it was to eight, five hour, eight, eight hours, five days a week, And they found that people were more productive than the six or seven days at 10 hours. Um, and then the proof was just like so huge that all the factories, you know, shifted to 40 hour work weeks and we still do eight hours a day because of that. So obviously this needs rethought because nobody's thinking critically about this fact that 40 hours makes absolutely no sense. It's just our lazy way of measuring, um, that you're doing your job. I could go on my soapbox right now, but I will stop. Um, I'll stop it there. All right, so implications for our real life. All right, so implications for our real life. Um, First, let me just say that for the work part of your power routine, so you got through P, processing your email and chat, you got through all of that, you have looked through your waiting your So then you got to the O in power, open your lists. So you looked through all your email, or you looked through all your um, meeting lists. If you had meeting list, meetings today, if it's Tuesday or Thursday, you followed up and looked at all your waiting list items. And then you've also looked at your next list items. Um, so, you have your next list and now the work phase is to transition from looking at your list to doing your work. So what do I suggest for the work phase? Um, First, I genuinely suggest that you just do one thing on your next list. Remember your next list should be comprised of things that you think will take you 15 minutes or more. So these aren't like teeny tiny things though. Sometimes you you go to do it and it's like way quicker and then you can check it off in 30 seconds when you thought it was going to be 30 minutes, 15 minutes or 30 minutes, but good for you because you concentrated on that thing. You looked into it. You got past that barrier of difficulty of like deciding to pursue it. And then you did it. And then it turned out to be really easy or on the flip side, maybe uh, something takes a long time and you don't, you're not able to finish it. Um, for those situations, I would say try to stop at two, two and a half hours, but figure out yourself, like if you have a task that's going to take you like, you know, 10 hours to complete, um, that could probably be a thing that you do for a couple of days potentially. But, um, I think you're going to be the happiest, have the best creative output, the best output in general. If you can learn when you start to run on fumes, like how far can you be in like the flow state, as it's called, um, where you're like time kind of slows down or stops or It's not even in existence anymore, which is kind of cool to think about. Um, And you're just working and it's like you're engrossed in the thing that you're doing. Um, How long can you do that without suffering from like, like your energy just dropping and pushing and pushing like against a wall and uh, you, as I call it, you like are running on fumes. Don't run on fumes. At that point you need to stop and uh, continue through the power routine. Uh, rest, review, rejuvenate. So, um, maybe go exercise, whatever it looks like for you after that, but stop your work because you need, you need a break. Um, because that's just my suggestion to you. Try it out. Don't kill yourself all day long because it's more sustainable too. So minimum one real task on your list each day. That's the work phase. Um, maximum like two hours or so because after that you're probably typically running on fumes, I said you had four or five hours total of productivity of creative capacity in a day. Um, and that's kind of in chunks. If you can do four or five hours straight and then like you're just exhausted and toast and done and that's how you like to do it, that's totally good. But I would suggest doing stopping after like two hours at first and then just figuring out where to go from there because a lot of us need to detox from the hustle, um, detox from pushing, pushing, pushing and slaving over a, uh, task list and just trying to get to everything and never getting to everything. We need to stop that. So at first the work phase, all you have to do is one real thing or at max two hours, and then you're done with the work phase. That is my suggestion to you. And then you can expand on that as you see fit. Like I've told you here, we're way less productive than we think. Um, And our max is probably less than we think, but also realistic for being a human being. So, all right. The other thing I wanted to cover um, is just how do we know what to do next. So we know that we want to do one main thing in a power routine during the work phase. We do one thing and then stop, um, and we're at max two hours on something and then stop and we can pick it up later. How do you know what to do? So here's where I want to cite my good friend Harry Potter. If you're not familiar, he is a wizard and by the way, if you're not familiar, what? Everybody knows Harry Potter, but, uh, this is him just getting to Hogwarts, the school where he is going to be the next few years. And he is going to, it's going to, this sorting hat is going to decide which, um, which house of the four houses he's going to be in. And he really doesn't want to be in Slytherin, but a lot of what he, what, like his bloodline even, um, comes into play, but like like even what he should be potentially which house he should be in might be slytherin but he really doesn't want to be in slytherin he wants to be in gryffindor which is the house with courage uh, and bravery and the good guys basically so let's just listen to this quick For your name, you will come forth i shall place the sorting hat on your head and you will be sorted into your houses mm, difficult very Difficult. Plenty of courage, I see. Not a bad mind, either. There's talent. Oh, yes. And a thirst to prove yourself. But where to put you? Not Slytherin. Not Slytherin. Not Slytherin, eh? Are you sure? You could be great, you know. It's all here, in your head. And Slytherin will help you on the way to greatness, there's no doubt about that. No? Well, if you're sure, better be... Gryffindor! All right, so what is the point of that, Robert? (laughs) I think about that scene more than I should um because i think it's just how life really works and in so many areas of life um i i said this during an interview once uh when they asked me what i wanted to do with my life i referenced that and then i said why because it didn't make sense why i wanted to do what i did with my life but i really wanted to do what i wanted to do with my life and that's what this illustrates maybe you feel like you should do something on your next list, but you don't want to. Maybe it's that big hard thing and you're like, ah, I should do that. Or it's that thing you don't like to do. And you're like, I should do that. Um, it makes sense for me to do that. And real quick, pause all of this. If you do have a deadline, you know, put, and you have that on your next list, it'll, you know, your task, it'll say, do whatever by such and such date. You know, you might have to get those done first or whatever, but for the most part, you have all these tasks on your list. Here's my suggestion. I've read books on this, um, trying to figure out like, what is the best thing to do next? And they all just feel like a bunch of frameworks that don't really answer the question what we all want to hear is what I'm going to tell you. And I'm going to tell you to do it because I really think it works. Do the task on your next list that you want to do. Yeah, I said it. Do the task list, do the task on your list that you want to do. It's that simple. I don't want you to go to your task list every day and do like it just be drudgery because you're doing the stuff you don't want to do. I want you to do the thing you want to do. And I think we hear this and we're like, we just think that maybe we, maybe you're not like me. Maybe I'm just assuming things. But I think that a lot of us, we, um, we think, oh, well, that just means I'm going to do the easiest, smallest, lightest thing every day. Um, and maybe that's true just a little bit at first. You know, maybe that's okay. But after that, I really think that instead of it doesn't actually work that way. Like what happens is you might've stayed up way too late last night and you get to your next list and like, Oh man, that short, easy one looks really good. Do it. And then another day you have like a lot of energy, excitement, and you're ready to go because like you let yourself off the hook yesterday and you got, you just got more rest and you're ready. If you're like me, then you actually want to do those big hard things because you're like super excited to get those big hard things off your list. So what I'm saying is just try this. Okay. I'm basically asking you to experiment with me. It worked for me and I've gotten a lot more done and enjoy my work a lot more doing it this way. Just do one thing and do the thing you want to do. The thing you don't like to do that's big and scary or whatever like you'll put it off a few days so what like why does that matter a few days from now though you're gonna have gotten through these other things maybe a few new things have come on and you're still staring that big one down and then you know what you're gonna say instead of saying fine i should do that one you're gonna say that's the one I'm going to get off my list today because I am tired of looking at that thing on my list. I'm going to do it. And you do it. And the difference is one is like guilt, like I should do this. And one is like empowerment. Like, yeah, that's been on my list, but I'm going to get to it today. So that's what I'm saying. Harry Potter has something to teach us. And if that, uh, I don't know if that's copyright or something, if I have that in my video, but basically what happens is Harry Potter is like griff Slytherin this the bad house or whatever Um, sorry for all you Slytherin fans Um, he really doesn't want to go there even though it's the thing that makes most sense potentially he really wants to go to Gryffindor where the brave courageous and just good people are and so he just says not Slytherin not Slytherin not Slytherin and that desire to be not in Slytherin was more important to the objective sorting hat than that desire was more important than what made sense like logically. Do you get where I'm going with all this? So you might say, Robert, that's too simple. Robert, that doesn't make sense. That's fine. But if you are willing to trust me and try it out, do the one thing on your list only, and do the thing that you want to do. I told you guys that my my program is simple and it is like, it is built around not like output, it is built around being a human being and getting the most potential out of our lives and from our lives and in an enjoyable way that's full of peace and dignity and growth and all of those things. All right, so that's my advice to you. Try for the work phase to do one main thing and uh, you know maybe stop after two hours if it's taken that long and take it up again a later time um, and you're done with the work phase. And when you decide what to do during the work phase, you know take deadlines into account, take the size of things into account, take the energy you have into account, all that stuff. But in the end, uh, let what you, let your decision be what you want to do and not out of guilt. All right, and then you can build it from there. Um, I haven't had to really increase it from there. I've found that for the most part, um, I'm able to do most of my work in just one main thing a day. But uh, sometimes I I get a few things off my list if I'm feeling uh, pretty good that day. All right. So that is the work phase. And then one more thing, I just kind of want to ask you guys about, and I'd love for you to participate in the comments about this. Um, what, what does this mean for your life? Like, if all the research shows that you can only get, you know, four or five hours max, and even if you did, you would be in the very top percentile of people. Um, If that was undistracted four or five hours, can you imagine getting four or five hours of undistracted time every day? Of good energy, like where your energy is like up and good each day, like using that time. You could save some for your family and friends or you could give it all to work, whatever that looks like. I'm just curious in the comments, like what does that, if you're watching on YouTube, like what does that mean for your life? If right now the average person works two hours and before COVID even there were two hours and 45 minutes of di- being distracted every six, three to six minutes. But instead you could get, f- you could um, have four to five hours of not distracted time every day. And then you would be completely out mentally, but you would have left it all in the field. What does that mean for your life? Does that mean hobbies, friends? Does that mean, does that mean working less? Does that mean figuring out a side business? What does it mean for you? If it means a side business, just be conscious of your contract with your current employer, because that is something to think about too. What does it mean for your life though? I really would love to know that. All right, that is all for today. Remember my uh, free gift to you, um, super free gift, um, the timesmith.work forward slash guide. That's going to get you two hours back in your day. First day that that's implemented, easy. And then uh, from there, you know, roll the your oyster all right thank you guys for listening um hopefully that this i just really hope that this is helpful and uh, if it has helped you reach out because i love to hear that encourages me especially uh, needing that encouragement when i'm starting out here so appreciate you and, and see you next week I never miss that fact, taking big swings, jammed in the back Put me in the ring, you'll go out in a bag Cause I sing what I mean and I bring it to the mad light like. Ain't got time to kill, I got time to feel. I took a red pill, I know life's short so I wanna live real But how is it supposed to feel?